Welcome to Passion Church. For more information about Passion Church, please visit us online at www.passionchurch.tv. Now let's join the service already in progress. It has become a spectacle. Uh, It's an event, uh, and at times it seems to rival the hype and the excitement of the production of Super Bowl and World Series all wrapped up together. There's this rabid craziness. People line up. They stand in line to get to this thing. They, they, they paint their, themselves from head to toe. They put on their favorite team gear. They hold up signs, and I've never understood it. I, uh, I'll just be honest with you. I've watched it a little bit and I'm like, what's this all about? Because it doesn't make any sense to me because nobody scores any points and nobody wins any trophies and nobody gets any, uh, major victories, but, but there's this fervor and this fanaticism and, and, and I just haven't figured it out until recently because recently I read a statistic that blew me away. I discovered that in 2018, uh, there are 480,000 athletes that will compete in NCAA division schools. 480,000 people, young men and women all over America will go to college or are in college right now and they will compete as an athlete and go onto the field and go onto the court and, and all these different things and they will compete. And out of those 480,000 students that are competing in college-level athletics, only 1,210 will be selected in this year's draft. Let that sink in. Out of 480,000, only 1,210 will be selected in this year's draft. That That is, uh, for all of these, for to play professional sports in football, women's basketball, men's basketball, football, uh, ice hockey, and men's soccer, all combined, 1,210 will be selected out of 480,000. When I read that statistic, it made me suddenly realize just how big a deal draft day really is. In the lives of those students, certainly, but also in the existence of the team that is selecting them. If out of 480,000 athletes, only 1,210 are worthy to compete at professional levels, then what that says to me from a team standpoint is that my selection is extremely important. Are you all with me? I mean, you, that, that makes sense then. Then I can understand the rallying. I can understand the amount of study and the amount of resources and the amount of energy that are exerted around this moment where I'm picking a particular player for my, spa, my, my squad because I recognize that I have a very small opportunity to fix any holes. I, I, feel I have to uh, deal with any deficiency in my team. I need to improve the strength of my team. And so suddenly when you recognize that the pull is that small and that specific, then it becomes extremely crucial. Draft day is important. There's a lot of potential with draft day. There's also a lot of risk. 
How many of you have been watching the draft before and seen somebody get picked in the first round and they bomb? They, they never come through, right? They never come through. And so, uh, so it's important. So last week I told you that it was essential for you to get into the game. This week I want you to go one step further with me. I want you to turn in your Bible to Luke chapter 5. I'm going to read a very uh, familiar passage of Scripture to you, but there's a draft that takes place in this account, and I want us to look at it. In Luke chapter 5, beginning in verse 1, we're going to read down through verse 7. This is what it says. It says, One day as Jesus was preaching on the shore of the Sea of Galilee, Great crowds pressed in on him to listen to the word of God. And he noticed two empty boats at the water's edge, for the fishermen had left them and were washing their nets. Stepping into one of the boats, Jesus asked Simon, its owner, to push out into the water. So, and so he sat in the front in the boat, and he taught the crowds from there. And when he had finished speaking, he said to Simon, Now go out where it is deeper, and let down your nets to catch some fish. Master, Simon replied, we have worked all night. In fact, it says we've worked hard all night. Right? That's what it says. All of last night we worked hard. And we didn't catch a thing. But if you say so, I'll let the nets down again. And this time their nets were so full of fish, they began to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat, and soon both boats were filled with fish and on the verge of sinking. It's draft day. It's draft day. There are a lot of lessons I can teach you out of this account. I want to just mention a couple, and then I'll get to the idea of the draft, because I think there are a couple things that we need to learn from this account first. The first one is this. Excuses hinder execution. Y'all quiet on me this morning. Y'all worshipped worshiped out, now you're tired, huh? Uh, excuses hinder execution. I want you to notice what it says. It says that Jesus commandeered their boat, and then Jesus tells them to do something that makes absolutely no sense. It's during the day now. I know some most of you have never been to the Sea of Galilee. A good group of you are getting ready to go in November, and you will experience what I'm talking about right now. You recognize that in the middle of the day is not the time to go fishing in the Sea of Galilee, especially with nets. Because now in the mid-morning or middle of the day, whenever he's there talking to them, the, the, the water is so clear, crystal clear, that if you drop nets, the fish see the nets and they avoid the nets. So Jesus is telling them to do something that makes no sense. And they do it anyway. All right, so, so, so no sense. So, so may, may I uh, just remind you of something that I've said over and over to you again. Just as a side note, I want to say it again to you this morning to make sure that you get this. And that is this. Miracles always occur on the other side of obedience. Okay, well, I'm going to keep saying that probably for years to come until we get it. Miracles generally occur on the other side of obedience. So in other words, we often, stick with me here, we often get no harvest because he gets no obedience. And our reasons for not obeying are numerous. They're called excuses. I'm tired. I'm fatigued. I've tried this before. I've done what I know to do. I've taken matters into my own hands. I've, I've worked the system. I, I've done all I know to do. I've turned to everybody I know to turn to. I've prayed all I know to pray. I've worshipped all I know to worship. I've sung all I know to sing. I, I've done all I know to do. And we make excuses because we grow tired and we grow weary 
in, in well-doing and we come up short. And what I'm trying to tell you this morning is that is the condition that Jesus found these men in. They were tired. They had worked all night long. They had failed. They had done all they know to do. They they were expert fishermen. They did their best and they still came up short. And it would have been reasonable for them to make excuses. Excuses hinder our execution. Too many of us allow what we've gone through, the failures of our past, the efforts of our past, to cause us to make excuses. And because we make excuses, it hinders execution and we don't run the play. Next week we're going to talk about the playbook. But, but we will never run the play if we make excuses as to why we cannot run the play. But something interesting happened. Simon says, you know what, Lord? Master, whatever you say, I'll do it. What's your excuse this morning? Why can't you do what God has told you to do? Why can't you accomplish? Why can't you try one more time? Why can't you sign up one more time? Why can't you serve one more time? What excuse do you have that's hindering the execution? Because if it hinders execution, it hinders the miracle that God wants to produce in your life. So, so no more excuses. The second thing I want to just draw your attention to here is, is I want you to see a truth. It says that, uh, I'm going to do it in Steve Ely version, that the, the, the disciples in boat number one catch a ton of fish. That's what happens. Boat number one, notice they catch a bunch of fish. Okay, some of y'all never fished in your life, so this isn't helping you, so I'm going to try to help you right now. There is a difference between catching a bunch of fish and landing a bunch of fish. Because a lot of times when you talk to people and say, well, how many fish did you catch? They caught it, but then it got off right as it got to the boat. Anybody experience that? That's no fun. I like to fish, and that's no fun at all. The big one always got right up to the boat, and then it gets off, right? Always. He was this big when he got off at the boat, right? So there's a, so you need to understand. Yeah, okay, so some of you have been around fishermen before. There, there is a difference between catching and landing. All right, disciples in boat number one catch a ton of fish, but they haven't landed the fish, all right? So probably, I can't prove it, but probably this is like the record of all time that they'd ever caught. You know how I kind of come to that conclusion? Because after this catch, they quit. You've got to understand how fishermen think. You've got to understand... That if I've caught the biggest fish, like if I catch a 12-pound bass, I'm done. I ain't never going fishing again because I know I'm never going to catch another one that big. If I go and catch this many fish, this is like record-breaking. I recognize I need to stop while I'm ahead, right? So that, that's probably what's happened. So, so all of that to say this. Please catch this this morning. The number of hands determines the size of the harvest. That's really good. Even though I wrote it, I'm telling you, it's really good. All right? Because here's the conclusion I've reached after I've read and read and read and read and read this account over and over and over and over again. This is the conclusion that I have come to. If there had been no help, then there would have been no harvest. Because it says two things. It says it was sinking their boat, number one. And number two, it was tearing their nets. And it wasn't until they called for help that they were able to not just catch the fish, but land the fish. So, so it wasn't until they increased the number of hands that they actually secured the harvest. So what does that mean individually for us? It means this, is that uh, 
too many of us catch a miracle individually, but we can't keep the miracle. We catch it, but it never lands. Okay. I'm telling you that corporately, we can pray for a miracle. But often God will give us the miracle, but we don't keep the miracle. And I've come to the conclusion in both cases, whether it's individually or corporately, the reason we're not able to keep the miracle is because there's not enough hands helping us to secure the harvest. I am preaching this morning. Some of y'all looking at me. Uh, I want to say it like this. A multiplied harvest requires multiplied hands. I have learned something in my life. I have learned that most of the time you will receive a miracle in private. But it will require numerous hands to keep what you got by yourself. Okay, y'all don't have to help me now this morning. Some of you trying to help me, some of you ain't. I, I just recognize this morning that a miracle often manifests in isolation, but it is almost always managed by many. I can prove it to you. I can prove it to you just like this. Some of you have been set free from alcohol or drugs. And have you discovered that even though you individually received the miracle, that it requires other people around you to help you to manage the miracle that you received in private? Okay, and and, and haven't you seen, uh, you get a spouse... All by your little lonesome. I mean, you're the one that bought the flowers and took them out nice to places to eat and loved on them and wooed them and made them ignore all your bad habits. And all of a sudden you gain a spouse. But haven't you figured out that even though you did that individually, it takes a whole bunch of people to help you walk through and to avoid the landmines that would cause that relationship to rupture? That's what we're talking about right here. I'm talking about the fact that, 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 You have to have enough hands to manage your miracle. Since we're talking about game day, I'm going to say it like this. You may win one play all by yourself. But to win the game, you got to have help. So, So what am I saying about us as a church? What I'm saying about us as a church is that we can pray for hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people to get saved through the ministry of this this church. But I've come to this realization We can catch them, but we can't keep them if we don't have enough hands. We can pray that our church's uh, ministries like OERT, like like, uh, the Passion Closet and Pantry and and the Block Party, we can pray that that the influence of those ministries will continue to expand and we will impact our community. And we can pray, oh God, we had... 1,440 people at the block party or something like that. It was, it was craziness. And now we're praying you give us the wisdom how to expand it. And I've recognized that the size of the harvest has to be matched by the number of hands. There comes this point where you can't handle any more harvest if you don't have help. Uh, why is that important to know? I, I think it's important to know because I, I just uh, I, I recognize something else about this account that I've never really seen before. I, I've recognized that because uh, you do got to you've got to put yourself in the story. These are fishermen, right? These aren't doctors out there fishing. These are fishermen, like they make their living. When they catch fish, 
They make their living. They're at work. Okay? So this is their job. They're at work. And they are blessed. Listen, when you're a fisherman and you catch and land a bunch of fish, that's a good day. Because how many of you know there were probably, well, you just read it, the night before, depending on the Sea of Galilee to provide for them, they caught diddly squat. Nothing. They went empty-handed. That means they were at work and they didn't get paid. They worked all night long and didn't get paid. All night. That's not a good day fishing. Right? So I, mean, I, I got I to gotta, I gotta get you in this story because you recognize now that they, we would use these terms. In, in our day, we would say this. When, when they encounter Jesus and Jesus says, throw the net on the other side and they start pulling in, the net starts tearing, it's about to sink their boats. You know what, they would, what we would say? They were blessed. Right? Don't, How you doing? I'm blessed. How was your week? Blessed. How's your relationship? Blessed. Right? That's what we say. We're blessed. So let's put it in our terms. They were blessed. This is what I recognize out of this story that I've never recognized before. Their blessing almost destroyed them. Okay, so you say, well, what difference does that make? I, I've, I just read it, and it says that their boat begins to sink. Uh, they're, they're out in the deep. I could talk to you about the fact that uh, Israel is not like America, where on Labor Day weekend everybody will go to the lake. In Israel, especially in this day and age, in this scriptural account, in the setting, the, the context of what we're reading here, the Israelis were, a, they thought water was the abyss. Listen, when you go to Israel, there's nobody on jet skis. I'm serious. We'll go to the Sea of Galilee. There's nobody out there except tourists on a boat thinking they're crossing the, red, the, the Sea of Galilee like Jesus did. It's unbelievable. It's a beautiful lake. There's nobody there. Nobody's skiing. Nobody, nobody on jet skis. It's ridiculous. They were afraid of the water. They're in the deep. And the water, or the boat, begins to sink. But they were blessed. Listen, their blessing almost destroyed them. This is what I've come to the conclusion. That God is a good God. I'm going to say that one more time because i got no help right there. And you should have said amen, all of you that have been blessed. God is a good God. Okay, I thought I was in the right room. He wants to give us the desires of our heart. He will bless us when we ask Him to. But without help, the blessing that He gives you can destroy you. Haven't you heard somebody pray this? Oh, God. Please, God. Grow my business, God. I need you to... I I need you to... Give me a promotion. Give me, give me a raise. Give me, God, please, 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 please. Give me, haven't you heard? And God is so good that he sends a bunch of fish and he blesses you. But haven't you seen the same person that's prayed that then become so overwhelmed by the blessing that they've received that now they're so stressed out that they start doing crazy stuff? And they get distracted and they quit going to church and they quit worshiping and they quit reading their Bible and they quit pursuing God. All because the blessing has overtaken them and they, they couldn't handle it. 
Okay, I'm going to try to get right down to where you live. Haven't you heard someone say, Oh, God, I need a relationship. I'm so lonely. I'm lonely. Everybody else on Friday night is out partying. I, I know they are. I, I know nobody ever stays at home. They're all out partying every Friday night. It's like, it's like roses and hot baths and, 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 and it, fancy meals. And they come and open the door. Oh, God, send me a relationship. Then they get one. And they lose their mind. And they lose their way. You know why? I've, I've, I've figured it out. You know why? The business overwhelms us. You know why? The relationship is too much for us to handle. You know why? Not enough help. Not enough hands for us to be able to deal with the very blessing that we cried out to God, please bless me, please bless me, bless me God, bless me God, bless me God. And God is so good, He goes, okay, I'll bless you. But He expects you to ask for help to handle the blessing. Jesus produces miracles. That's what Jesus does. He produces miracles, but He expects us to draft people to manage the miracle. That's good. Right there, I'm going to say that again. Jesus produces the miracle. You don't produce the miracle. Jesus produces the miracle. He does that. But he also expects us to draft a bunch of people into our life to manage the miracle. We, see, um, so i got to ask you, who in your life is helping you manage your blessings? Who? Because if you don't have someone... You might land or catch the blessing, but you'll never be able to land the blessing. It won't stick. You'll squander it. You'll lose it. Here's another question. Who are you helping manage their blessing? Instead of being jealous about their blessing. Instead of ignoring their blessing. Instead of talking about them because they were blessed. Instead of standing on the sidelines watching them squander their blessing. We've got to have a draft day. We've got to get in the game. We've got to step up and say, I will help you manage your blessing. We need to have a draft The disciples had a draft day. Here's where I'm going to land this morning, and then I'm going to stop. The disciples in boat number one conducted a draft day. I'm going to read it to you. Here's draft day for the disciples right here. We call them disciples. They're not disciples yet. They're just fishermen. The fishermen in boat number one. Realizing that they've been blessed beyond measure, realizing they can't manage this blessing by themselves, they have a draft day. Here's what happens. This is what it says. And this time, their nets were so full of fish that they begin to tear. A shout for help brought their partners in the other boat. Did you get it? They shouted for help. Another version says it like this. They waved to their partners. Another version says, and they signaled for help. They recognized their need for assistance and they let it be known. So in other words, we must give or get the signal. I'm going to help you right here. I want to ask you this morning whether or not you're giving the signal. Okay, what are you saying? Because I didn't know Drew was going to say what he said. It's the working of the Holy Spirit. We're right on here. There are some of you in this room 
that feel like you're on a boat out in the deep and it's starting to sink. And you won't signal. It may even be that you would, you would testify right now and say, I'm more blessed than I've ever been in my entire life right now. But the truth is, is I'm sinking. Some of you, that's not your testimony. Some of you would say, I'm not, I don't feel like I'm blessed. I'm just going through so much turmoil and so much trial and so much pain and so much hurt that I'm sinking. I'm going. I feel like my world is crashing in around me. I don't know. I'm at wit's end. I'm in pain. I'm heartbroken. I'm, I'm desperate. I, I'm depressed. I'm disillusioned. I'm, 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 I'm angry. I'm, and you won't tell nobody. Won't say a word. And we, we walk in on Sunday morning and people look at us. We go, how oh, you doing? Oh, I'm great, man. It's been a great week. And you're lying. Lying. In the house of God, lying. Lying on your Facebook. Lying on your Twitter account. Instagram is a sham. You're putting all these great images out. And you won't ever tell anybody, hey, I'm sinking here. Help, 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 help. Please help me, Lord. You won't tell nobody. Nobody. You suffer in silence. You know, this is what happens. Isn't this what happens? This is what happens. We walk around like that. We're all saying we're blessed. And then all of a sudden, one Sunday or one Monday or one Tuesday, somebody disappears. They disappear. They literally disappear off the face of the planet. We can't find them anywhere. They're not at church. They're not on Facebook. They're not calling us anymore. We can't find them anywhere. And we go, well, what happened to them? I thought they were blessed. And the entire time they were sinking and they wouldn't say a word. And some of you in this room are in that position right now. You're sinking. You're sinking. You're sinking. But you won't signal. Conversely, may I say to you this morning that everywhere we go, coffee shops, restaurants, places of employment, places of education, the mall, Everywhere we go, there are people signaling, shouting for help. And some of us never pay enough attention to know that they're going down. And because we don't pay any attention, harvest is lost. And I just want to challenge you this morning both ways. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I'm going down for the last time, then please, by all that's holy, please, you're in a safe place, signal somebody and say, I, you're going to have an opportunity at the end of this service. I, I need help. Please come up. But some of you need to wake up and realize that there are people around you screaming for help. And while you're being blessed. They're sinking and they need help. It's draft day. I just want to know if you're watching for the wave. Are you tuned into the signal? It's draft day at Passion. We're trying to signal you today. We're trying to tell you that we're, we're, we're shouting for your help. We're, we're drafting you. We, we're trying to tell you that out of all the people in all of Oklahoma City, that the hundreds of thousands of people of Oklahoma City, that it's draft day and you're one of the 1,210. You've been selected. You're, you're one of the chosen ones to come and be a part of a team that's about to gain a harvest, but we've got to have 
hands to land. We, we need you to fill gaps. We need you to fix deficiencies. You're the one that will turn the tide and you'll help us to win more than just the game, but win the victory that God is for us. And I don't want you to miss the signal or, or we miss our opportunity and we'll just catch something, but we won't be able to land something. So this is what I want you to do. I want you to take the little card in your hand this morning. We're going to do this different than we did last week. This morning, this is what I want you to do. On the back of this card are quite a few ways that you can get plugged in here at the church. It's not all the ways, but it's a good number of the ways. ways. And uh, I think we're just going to conduct a draft this morning. This, this is not a trade. You don't get to trade somebody off your team you don't like. It's, this is a draft. We're, we're recruiting people. We're literally signaling that we've got to have your help, that we need you in the game, that we need you to take part. Take this card in your hand. I want you to turn to your neighbor right now. I want you to take this card, put it in their hands and say, I am drafting you. I need you to get in the game. Why, hey, if you're, you're one of, you've invested so much time, and some of y'all have invested a lot of time and energy and resources and the person sitting next to you, hand them a pen, make them sign it. Hey, we're just asking you to just try it. Maybe this is a, come on, hand it to somebody. Don't sit there with that card in your hand. Just turn and try to draft somebody into the game. We want you to fill it out. And here in just a moment, when the offering plate goes by, we're going to give you an opportunity to drop this in because we need you to get into the game. We are headed into the fall. We are headed into the fall. Julie, if you get somebody. If we're, we're headed into the fall. Do you understand what I'm saying? We're headed into the fall. I know it's hot right now, but we're headed into the fall. In, in church world, come on, stay with me now. In church world, fall is crucial. The nets will begin to be filled this fall. At, at not just our church. Churches all over America will begin to see things fill up at the fall. We're, we're doing Heaven's Gates, Hell's Flames at the end of September for the purpose of spreading the nets. But I'm telling you this morning, to have a multiplied harvest, you've got to have multiplied hands. We're signaling. You say, well, I can't do much. Excuse. I'm tired. Excuse. I've already served. Excuse. I'm not very gifted. Excuse. You can't open a door? You can't smile and wave? We need you. So, it's draft day. So, have you turned to your neighbor? Have they filled out the card? Make Check them. You can't draft them if they hadn't signed up. I mean, they, they got to they clear waivers right here. They gotta, you got to sign up right here. Some of y'all don't know. You got to sign up. So, make sure they signed up. This is what I want you to do. I want you to stand with me this morning. this morning that under the sound of my voice there are people that haven't signaled you've been keeping your pain to yourself I'm convinced that in a crowd this size there there are people here this morning that have been accustomed to silence 
They become accustomed to suffering in silence. And they never signal. They never raise a hand. They never shout. They never signal and tell anybody they're hurting. Week after week, month after month, you come into a place like this. When people ask you how you're doing, you say you're blessed, but you're drowned. I wish we were more in tune and I wish we were more aware and I wish we were more discerning but the truth is is that most of us have become professionals at faking it so nobody really knows and for all of the good intent and all of our desire to help because I know the people here I know we got people here that want to help I know we do I know we do we got some of the best people in the whole world man they rally to, to tragedy, they rally to heartache, they rally I've, we've never thrown anybody away I've, I've watched people say I need some help and you think it would turn them off and they think man I don't want to be no, every time that's ever happened people have rallied so I know we got people that help but here's the truth we're so good at faking it that we don't know this morning what I'm giving you the opportunity to do before we transition into close and before we do a, a, a baby dedication, all those other things that we, we, we're going to do, but, but before we do that we would be remiss if we didn't give you an opportunity this morning to signal for help. To be honest enough to say I, I'm about to go down. I, I, it, listen, I'm just can I be the first? I just tell you, it's been a stressful weekend already. Donna stopped me at the door. I, I must have not been faking it very good. Miss Donna caught me and she said, are you all right? I was like, no. It's been a stressful 24 hours. I said, well, uh-oh, something. Yes, come on. What stresses you out probably wouldn't stress me out. What stresses me out probably wouldn't stress you out. It's just something to stress me out. But I need somebody to recognize the signal. Donna, thank you, Miss Donna. It helped. So are you honest enough this morning to say, that's me? We won't think less of you. There ain't nobody going to be sitting back in their pew right now getting their Facebook going out. Oh, you wouldn't believe who went down to the altar today. I thought... Oh, they must be hooked on drugs. They, they must be sleeping around. They, 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 they've been like, they've been dancing on the side, making extra money. They ain't doing none of that stuff. But that's not what's, listen, it doesn't even have to be stuff like that. It can be, it's been a hard sticking week. Tired. Kids are crazy. Send them back to school, Lord, please. not right, right. I don't know how long pain on heels. It's hurt. Tired. But we don't know if you don't signal. If you're here this morning and you say, Steve, I need to signal this morning. I, I need to I need to be the one to wave. I need to be the one to shout. I need to be the one to ask for some help because I feel like I'm going down for the last step. If that's you quickly, will you step out? Will you be brave enough 
to signal and trust the people around here to know them well enough to know that we won't judge you and we're not going to make fun of you. We're just, we're going to rally around you because we've all been there. We want you to be able to get your harvest and keep it. But it's going to take hands. It's going to, it's going to take a lot of hands. It's going to, it's going to take some hands. It's going to take some hands. Drew, down here. Stressed out too. I know it. I know it because he told me. He signaled. There's nothing wrong with that. They just had a baby. They ought to be stressed out. They were stuck with that little boy for 18 years. He's going to drive him crazy. They're going to love him with everything. And then he's going to drive him crazy. I've been there. I know. Right? Stressful time. Some of y'all starting back to work. Man, if you aren't stressed out about your kid going to school, you ought to be. Have you seen what's going on in our schools? we got great teachers, but it's a tough environment. facing life decisions do I want to keep do I want to stay in this job should I marry so and so should I keep dating I'm waiting because I think there's some more will I ever get to sleep all night long again Here's the deal. This is boat number one. Is it necessary for me to tell you where boat number two is? Boat number two. Are those of you there that everything's great? Reminding me on business, and all of a sudden, a cry goes up. The way you start. I gotta have. I gotta have your hands. But if you do that, you got some friends up here that would have some fish to share with you. But they're gonna lose the harvest. If you don't step up. I'm asking you right now, step out. If, 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 you, if you see the signal, it's our responsibility to respond. If you see, if you hear the if you hear the shout, if you see the wave, if, Respond. I'm gonna get a hand on so I know they're not by themselves. I'm not I'm not I'm not by themselves. They're not by themselves. I, I may not know what to do, but I'll I'll rally, I'll rally, I'll rally. Come on, would you get your hands on them right now? Would you begin to pray? Would you begin to pray? We need to I'm helping them. I'm I'm helping them. I'm I've gotta help them. I'm gonna help them. I'm gonna help them.
name. Come on. Father, we pray blessings on these folks. We pray that you would bless them. We pray that you would bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. Do what only you can do. Bless them. Bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them, bless them. Let their dreams come true. Let their dreams come true. Let the harvest be gathered. Let the miracles take place that they long for. But now, Father, this is what I pray. We know you produced the miracle. That's your part. But our part is we surround them. We step up. We rally. We help them secure the blessing that you've given them. And so this morning, Father, I pray not just for the people that came down and said they were in a desperate situation or they feel like they were drowning. I pray for all of us around them that we would rally, shake us, remove our apathy. If they lose their harvest, we lose. And so, Father, I pray in Jesus' name right now, you would help us, help us, help us to rally to the signal for help. I pray we wouldn't just pray for them this morning and then go get in our car and go home and forget about the need that was expressed. I pray that you would place deep in our spirit and in our heart right now, you'd give us a burden for the person that we prayed for and we would pray for them all week long, all month long, all year long until their harvest is secured. So, Father, I pray that those that came down would feel encouraged and that they would feel like the world looks like it's better and like they can make it. But I also pray for those that responded to pray. I pray that you would give us a burden to help. And that burden may look different for some of us. For some of us, it may just be prayer. For others, it will be phone calls. For others, it will be an offering to them. For others, it will just be hanging out with them. For others, it will be a multitude of things. But I pray that we wouldn't become so hardened to the needs around us that we would just go home and go back to business as normal. Our fellow fishermen signaled for help. And I pray that you would challenge us this morning. Cause us to respond. Not just today, but a continued response. We ask you to do this in the name of Jesus. Help us to land the miracles that you have for us. In Jesus' name. Now, will you do this? Will you turn to one another real quick before you find your way back to your seats? And I just want you to say to each other, you can signal me. Come on, tell them. Now, don't tell them that if you're not willing to respond. You can signal me. You can wave and I'll come and help. You can shout and I'll come running. to have you join us for this time of ministry.
To find more Passion Church resources or to make a donation online, visit www.passionchurch.tv. Remember, you can't live without passion.